When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. As we know, we're just minutes away. First pitch in both the Yankees and the Mets game. The Yankees are at home. Beautiful night if you're heading out to the ballpark. Wow, uh, what a night to take in a game for the Yankees going up against the Blue Jays. Um, and uh, who I think, you know, even though Yankees right now, a uh, few games up on the Blue Jays in the American League East, but as the season continues, I have a feeling like this is going to be the battle. And so this game is uh, really important tonight as Severino coming off of eight days rest will uh, will be on the bump for the Yankees. So excited about that. But uh, for the Mets, they are down in our nation's capital. And so 11-5 uh, and five on the road. Um, you've, got, you've got McGill who's going to be on the bump for the Mets. But more importantly, just and, and this news came down just about 30 minutes ago, as uh, as you know, uh, you know players come out, they take BP. Managers speak to the media, and apparently, two-time Cy Young Award winner Jacob Degrom has been moved to the 60-day injured list uh, by the Mets. Now he was on the 10; he's now been moved to the 60. Um, it's uh, it's a move that doesn't necessarily, and I'm reading this verbatim, word for word, uh, from uh, from what's been posted here, the column on ESPN.com, of course, under the uh, MLB Mets site. Um, so it's saying that, uh, the move doesn't necessarily indicate any news about his progress in returning from a stress reaction to his right shoulder blade. DeGrom has not pitched as we know the season and has been expected to be sidelined for at least until June by shifting the right hander from the 10 day IL. Um, the national league Mets made room with their 40 man roster, uh, to bring up, uh, St. John, who is waived by the Chicago Cubs. So more of not necessarily that J- Jacob DeGrom has had a setback, but more of just a move, a roster move. Uh, so they get St. John up, who they were uh, able to get, who were waived, who he was waived by the Cubs. Speaking to reporters before the game tonight in Washington, uh, Buck told uh, the reporters, quote unquote, everything's going well. Uh, I'm, I'm going to stay out of the doctor and trainer business. Uh, he said, uh, but, um, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that he's ahead or behind, uh, what his timeline is, uh, but, uh, they like the way that he's progressing. So again, um, moving from the 40 to the 10, not necessarily because DeGrom had a, a setback in any regard. This is just mo- more of making moves in regard to roster spots than anything else. So that is good news. Uh, but again, <laughs> and, and I know it's tongue in cheek, but it, this, is, this is a Mets team. They're 20 and 10. They're 11 and 5 on the road. They've won every series that they've played in so far this season. Um, two, two, they've won two of their last three games. I do believe that they're going to get at it tonight. They're going up against McGill's going up against Corbin, who's 0 5 with a 7 6, 7 1 6 ERA. Um, you know, this is a, a, a Nationals team that uh, they're 7 and 9 at home. They've lost four of their last five. All indication is that the Mets now will, will, will then become 21 and 10. So, you know what? As, as we know, it's a long season. 
It's it's a very long season. There's an ebb and flow to every Major League Baseball season. We get that. But the more time that this Mets team continues to kick butt and take names, the more not so pressed to hurry Jacob DeGrom back where, of course, you don't want to hurry him up and then him have a setback and not have him when it really, really matters, uh, of course, as, as we get into October. So that's the latest with Jacob DeGrom. Again, Buck Showalter are talking to the media before the game and saying the move from 10 to 60 isn't necessarily because he had a setback, which is positive news. As for the Yankees, again, they're in action tonight against the Blue Jays. Uh, another 20-win team in Major League Baseball, which is an exciting 12-4 at home. They've won two of their last three. Severino has been outstanding so far this season. 2-0 with a 3-7-5 ERA. He's coming off of eight days rest. Interesting. Um... And, and going up against a Blue, G, Blue Jays team, 7-7 seven and seven on the road. Uh, the biggest thing with the Blue Jays and, and why they've really been struggling is just keeping, when they've got ducks on, on their pond, they're not hitting them home. They're stranding a, little, a lot of guys offensively. So, um, you know, <laughs> if that continues, obviously with the way that the uh, Yankees bats have been working, um, you know, it doesn't look like they're going to get a win tonight either. So, and in the way that Severino has been dealing, it's really been exciting. And you've got to imagine, you, of course, you watched the game last night, Cortez, five outs away from a no-no, 42 strikeouts so far this season, holding batters to 177 uh, batting average. Um, and, and Booney came up when he spoke to the media yesterday, he was talking about how the pitch count for him was about 110 and then, of course, he, he walked the two batters before Booney came out and took him, took him out. Uh, but that's got to be frustrating when you're, that, you're five outs away from pitching a no-hitter and then you get pulled. But, you know, this day and age with analytics and, and whatnot, and you, obviously the bigger picture here is for, the, is for Cortez, obviously, to stay healthy and, and the Yankees to continue to win. But you, I, I want to believe that, you know, you as a starting pitcher in that rotation, you see Cortez have the kind of night that he had last night. Severino, not that you expect him uh, to, to, to pitch a no-hitter tonight either, but you know, you just got to imagine that that excitement, that energy, and that vibe uh, would, would bleed over in some way, shape, or form for Severino tonight. So with all that being said, I expect the Yankees to roll at home tonight. I expect the Mets to roll at home on, uh, or I should say, roll at our nation's capital on the road. Again, they're 11 and five on the road, so they've they've been playing extremely well when they are away from New York, which is great. So those two games will be in action. Actually, uh, first pitch, uh, they're already five minutes into that game. I will keep you posted throughout the next three hours with you until uh, 10 o'clock tonight here on 90.7 ESPN. So I'll keep you up up to up. I'll keep you posted up to speed on both those games, both those scores and statistics. If you do play some fantasy baseball as well. Um, and of course, tonight we've got a lot going on. Do we not? Because not only are, are we in the thick of uh, major league baseball season and both the Yankees and the Mets doing well, but also we are in the thick of NBA playoffs. That's right. And we've got two great games tonight. One tips off at 7.30 in just a little less than a uh, little over 20 minutes, and that is uh, the 76ers going up against the Heat. The series is now all tied up 2-2, and this has been one heck of a ride, that's for sure. And I, I love that you've got four, four, uh, four 
what, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, series that are still active and attractive in three of the four are all tied up at two and two. Of course, we know the Golden State Warriors and what's going on with the Grizzlies. Unfortunately, news today as well is Ja Morant has a bone bruise in that knee. So it looks like he's going to be doubtful for game five. That's the only series that the Golden State Warriors are three and one. But uh, the remaining, the other three are two and two. And all of them have been so fun to watch. And, and three three different storylines in regard to how we've gotten to two and two. And for the Miami heat tonight, they are back home in Miami. Uh, No Lowry. He's going to be out tonight because of a hamstring issue. But as we know, the heat dominated the 76ers in the first two games. They went up 2-0. then the series of course went to Philadelphia and in the 11th hour, uh, the last minute, 30 minutes actually, uh, not even in the 11th hour, 30 minutes before game time tip-off is when the 76ers revealed that uh, Joel Embiid was going to play with this cool black imitating mask, uh, which I find so cool. I just, I've, I've loved watching Embiid play these last two games. Um, and so uh, with Embiid on the court, obviously uh, somebody who was in, in, in the final, the discussion, Potentially could have won uh, MVP of the year, of course. Uh, Jokic won it. We, we heard that yesterday. But nonetheless, one of the best, if not best players, some might feel, in the NBA makes his return. And it has made all the difference in the world, especially for Harden, especially for Maxi. So now the 76ers back on the road. They're in Miami going up against the Heat. But the Heat have not been playing very well at all, especially shooting the ball. Game three, uh, only 20%. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details from behind the arc and uh, and only came up with 33 boards against the 76ers. Obviously, that's going to have to change. But with Lowry out, really the talk and the discussion is what is Eric Sprosa going to do with this Miami Heat team roster with Duncan Robinson? Uh, Duncan Robinson, not the best defender, but can he add a spark tonight for this Heat team offensively? And they're going to need it. Of course, now that Embiid is back and it just changes just such a different element in such such a different dimension when you're talking about going up against the 76ers when he's on the court. Obviously, I know I'm stating the obvious. So this is going to be a fun series. The Heat cannot afford. I truly believe. In, and curious, I'll open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. By the way, we have Jacob and Ty who are producing the show back in the studio. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on this when we get back from break. But I'm a true believer, and, and I don't have the stats in front of me, unfortunately. Uh, maybe I, I should have done a little, re- little bit more research in, in, on this topic before, before we started the show, but I'm a true believer that I feel whoever wins Game 5, to me, in, in my gut, I feel like whoever wins Game 5 wins the series. Like I, I feel that's how significant um, these three, three remaining series are that are tied up at 2-2. Two and two. I, just, I feel like Heat lose this, Heat lose tonight, that's it. Done. They go back to Philadelphia, stick a fork in them, it's over. 83%? 83 Okay, great. Jacob, thank you so much. Appreciate it. 83% of the teams when a series is tied up 2-2 and whoever wins game 5, 83% continues to go on and uh, and win win that series. So, 
you know, my, my gut is obviously um, <laughs> representing that percentage. Um, and then you've got the Mavs in the Suns later on tonight. Tip-off is at 10 o'clock. That series all tied up at 2-2. Two and two. And this has been an interesting series as well. The Suns dominating at home. Then they go to Dallas. Dallas, Luka, they get a little, not a little, a lot of uh, excitement, energy at home with that home fan base. Luka is just a man possessed. Brunson starts delivering. Finney Smith is, is hitting threes from all over the place, put up 24 points in game four. And, uh, and now you've got a different game and a different match, even to the point where it's very unfortunate on Mother's Day, fans in Dallas were um, heckling and, and there were reports out there that a fan put their hands on Chris Paul's mother, which totally threw him off. Five points and six, fouled out with just five points. Very uncharacteristic of, of Chris Paul. But now the Suns are back in Phoenix. So we'll see, we'll see what happens uh, tonight. But again, same situation, right? And I feel the Suns are the better team. Let's be honest. Uh, CP, Booker, Ayton. I mean, their bench, one of the best benches in all of, of the NBA. Uh, Suns should dominate. Suns should, should win, in my opinion, should win the series. But I'm telling you what, if, if, if the Mavs play anywhere close to how they played at home the last two games, watch out. Watch out. Could be an interesting series. And of course, tomorrow, we've got the Bucks in the Celtics. That series all tied up at two. And like I said earlier, Golden State in the Grizzlies, 3-1. I think Golden State... Ends, ends that series, especially with uh, with news today that, that John Morant and his uh, bone bruise in his knee, uh, he's listed as doubtful for that game five. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, again, we've got Ty and, uh, and Jacob who are producing the show I, talking about, of course, uh, game five tonight for both the 76ers in the Heat and the Mavs in the Suns. Ty, you agree with me? You, you feeling that the importance, I mean, obviously with the stat that you guys provided, like over 85, 80, 85%, whoever wins game five wins the series. So statistically, we're right on. But how are you feeling about these two games tonight? It's It's been a wild series with the first one, uh, Heat and Sixers, because obviously when Joel Embiid goes out and, and then you watch the first two games, Harden has nothing. You think this is headed toward a sweep. Then all of a sudden, Embiid comes back. The Sixers' defense looks rejuvenated. Harden has the best playoff game he's had probably in, what, five years? And now all of a sudden, we have a series. I, I have no read on it right now because uh, I, I thought Miami uh, actually came over to your side, Anita, because you picked the Heat <laughs> to win the East. So I started to think it's coming right. together. Uh, heat culture got me. The defense... You know, offensively with the three-point shooting, Jimmy Butler, I've got a lot of respect for him. And Spolster is one of the three best coaches in the NBA. But all of a sudden, I don't know these last two games, their offense has just been completely anemic. They can't buy a three. So I'm excited for it. I have no, I have no read on this game tonight, none whatsoever. Do you, do you, do you feel that Spolster needs to go to Duncan Robinson and have to. him come in, see if he can light spark, spark a little something tonight? He, I, I think he, he should, right? He has to. And I was yeah. talking to uh, Andrew Gunling, the producer of Michael K. Show. He's a big Sixers fan. And, you know, we were, we were discussing this very topic. And, you know, the point he made was that they're going to hunt him on defense, which, you know, obviously if you're the Sixers, you're going to have Harden uh, try to get him switched on to him and, and attack him. But... 
with with Spolster, you you can't have that trepidation. Your team can't score right now. Like you're 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 just throwing up bricks from three point range. Duncan Robinson had a game this this playoff where he, he had eight three or it was like mm-hmm. eight or nine threes in one game. So when your team is as offensively challenged as they've been the last two contests, you got to find a way to get them in there, even if you're going to sacrifice uh, to some degree on defense, just to see what you've got. Because all it takes is one one showing from from you know. Hero and Duncan Robinson and Struess and Butler and the momentum you have complete control of the series up 3-2 as Jacob pointed out 83% of the time 2-2 the the winner of game 5 goes on to win a series so all you take all it takes is one big night from two or three of these guys and you're feeling right back in the driver's seat I think you got to go to Duncan Robinson I hear you. I, I can't wait for this game. Again, tip-off is in about six minutes, mind you. Uh, if, if I was to have a play in this game, which, of course, I do, uh, I'm going to take the 76ers in the points. Uh, oh, really? I, I think I, yeah, I am. Because here's the thing. I think the Heat win, but Ty, I, I just I, I feel like this game is going to come down to, like, I think this game is going to come down to, like, the last-minute shot, right? Like, I, I feel like it's... it's. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know if it's going to become that... Uh, I think more so that might be the second game of uh, the five-game series uh, that we have on. Uh, the first game, I think it could go either way. Uh, if Miami does implement uh, Duncan Robinson a little more, they have the ability on defense to switch, so it'll, it'll help him out uh, even if he is attacked. But uh, I'm not confident in uh, James Harden. You're not, you're not confident in the 76ers down there on South Beach? I will say I'm this. not confident in James Harden back-to-back games. If James mm. Harden, mm. though— and I don't want to overreact to to one game. I mean, it was one game, but we're really focused on one quarter because he was sensational in the fourth quarter. He played a terrific all-around game, but it was the fourth quarter uh, because in crunch time, we know he he shrinks. But that fourth quarter, he was spectacular. If that is the James Harden that the Sixers are getting the rest of this series, I don't think Miami has any shot because you've got no answer for Embiid. If all of a sudden Harden is you know circa 2017-2018 when he was winning league MVPs and scoring titles— they have no shot. None. The, I mean, the big factor, too, that I would add is uh, Kyle Lowry going out with the hamstring because that's the one who they depended on for this deep run in the playoffs. Yep. Yep. I'm telling you, I think the play here is 76ers plus three tonight. That's what I would do. Not to say that the Miami Heat aren't going to win. I just I think it's going to come down to the wire. Won't be surprised if it comes down to a last minute shot, which, of course, uh, the entertainment value then, of course, would be through the roof. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Justin in Tom's River. Justin, welcome in. How you doing? Great, Anita. Thank you for taking my call. Good evening. Um, I want to make two points. That I want to run by you. Um, one, I'm, I'm a big Jet fan, and I've been, you know, I'm big with the betting like you are. Um, they have a prop with the Jets over under five and a half wins. I, I think it's a slam dunk for myself. Not even just being biased as a Jet fan to expect the Jets to get at least six wins this year. And yeah, uh, my I, I, point, I like the over. I, I like the over. I'm, I, you know, I've been talking about it. I've been talking about the over. I'm looking uh, the strength. The new strength of schedule came out um, today, and um, and so right now the, the Jets are middle of the pack. Um, so Jets have the 17th most difficult strength of schedule. Don't forget on Thursdays a really big night. It's the NFL schedule release. Of course, we know who the opponents are this season, but obviously, you know, you're playing the Steelers or you're playing the the Bills at, at, at their stadium in January. Uh, that doesn't bode well for you. So 
Um, so that's going to be crucial and that's going to be important. That's Thursday night. But uh, but Justin, I'm with you. I do like the over in the Jets five and a half uh, win total heading into this coming season. I know you, you also want to talk about the Yankees, right? Yes. Um, you, know, you know, I'm a longtime Yankees fan. And, you know, obviously I'm excited with how they started out the season, you know, having the best record in baseball. But it's really hard for me to get fully on board until it gets to October. You know, a lot of Yankees fans, you know, their rotation this year has been much better. Their bullpen has been excellent. And you have some surprises with Nestor. You know, Cortez pitched well last year, but he's taken another step this year. And uh, I was a proponent of him actually last year being in the bullpen because their bullpen was so bad last year, especially in the back end. But my point is, it's just still tough for me to get on board considering I know baseball is a lot of ebbs and flows, but still the Yankees are, have it where they're, they're on fire. And then, like, over the weekend, they can't, you know, they're putting up two runs a game against the Rangers. And for me, I, I got to really see what push comes to shove in October because, you know, the Yankees have done this before. You know, we have 90, 100 win season, and then we get pushed out right in the, uh, in the you know, in the wild card against the Red Sox. Um, <laughs> Here's the thing. And Justin, thanks for the phone call. As I said, it's a long season and so much could happen. Right. Like, and, and so much you pray to God, everything stays, everybody stays healthy, especially your pitching rotation, I, all that. I, I just, I just, I don't think it's healthy right now to, to, to start thinking the negative down the road, you know, because for both Yankees and Mets fans, like enjoy the moment, enjoy what's going on right now. You know, I, 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 I try to, you know, I have friends, I have family. A lot of times they, they worry, they concern about something that A, is out of their control and B, potentially might not happen. And, and I always, I, I say to them, why are you going to worry about something that A, you have no control over, number one, and B, you're, you're worrying about something that potentially is not going to happen. Like, deal with it, deal with those emotions, deal with those frustrations when it happens. Don't sit there and marinate in something that potentially won't happen. You're, you're taking away from your enjoyment right now of what these two franchises are doing. And they've both won 20 games already this season. It's, it's been a great season so far. Like, marinate in that. Enjoy that. Anyway, uh, we get back. We've got Jordan Renan who's going to join us. Let's get an update. What's going on with the Giants, Daniel Jones, uh, the rookies that are out there. Bradbury's gone. What are they going to do with the secondary? Who's going to step in? How is uh, Wink Martindale's uh, defense going to be able to have success when you don't have like a legit shutdown corner? Um, all those questions I will tee up for Jordan. Also, <laughs> did you know that um, Evan Neal had no idea that the Giants played in New Jersey? He thought they actually played in New York. Well, majority of people do, I guess. Kind of like when we talk about the Miami Heat and people say, you know, oh, they're playing on South Beach. No, not really. They're, they're playing on, on Key Biscayne, which is really, it's a good 15 miles from South Beach. But it sounds good, right? With all due respect to Jersey, I mean, I live in Hoboken. I, I live in Jersey myself. But, like, it sounds good to say that the Giants and the Jets play in New York more so than New Jersey. It just sounds good. It sounds good to say that the Miami Heat play on South Beach than Brickle. <laughs> it just sounds good. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Severino's calmed down a little bit, gave up a home run 
to Springer and uh, a few hits as well. So uh, he's uh, two innings, four hits, three runs, four strikeouts. Again, has given up a home run, a 65 uh, pitch count where we stand right now. So, um, and then the Mets, again, no score there. Bottom of the fourth, Mets at Washington. And uh, last but not least, right now, 76ers in the heat. The Heat up 37-29, about seven minutes left in the second. And you've got Tobias Harris, who has just been great throughout these playoffs, that's for sure. Uh, eight points, two rebounds. Uh, Harden, seven points, five rebounds, three assists. We'll see. Looks like uh, he's on his way to potentially putting up a triple-double tonight. As for the Miami Heat, you've got Jimmy Butler, who's been on fire since the game started. 11 points, four rebounds, and... Uh, um, was it? It hasn't been Vincent. Who did you? Uh, who did you say you felt was uh, was stress? That's who. eleven points. There we go. Eleven points, five rebounds, one assist, three of six from downtown. So yeah. Uh, so the Heat up thirty-seven twenty-nine right now uh, in that game. So a little bit later on this evening at ten o'clock, you've got the Mavs in the Suns going at it in uh, in in Phoenix. And besides just what's going on in, in that game, in that matchup with, of course, uh, Luca really turning on the last two games at home in, uh, in Dallas and in Brunson really coming alive. Uh, Finney Smith contributing, especially from downtown, 24 points in game four. But uh, more importantly, and topic of conversation is, is what happened with Chris Paul and his family at the game in, in Dallas the last game. And it was Mother's Day. His mother, his wife were there. Uh, just about, I want to say, like two, three rows, three rows from the court. And one of the Dallas Mavericks, uh, again, allegedly, this is what's being reported. Uh, they don't necessarily. I at least I haven't. You guys, if you've seen video, please let me know. And I'm curious if if Ty Jacob, you you saw the same video I did. I saw like this young boy being escorted from from the stands. Um, dressed up with in in Dallas Mavs garb, and Chris Paul saying like I'll I'll see you later or so, so, something. He was talking to this and, and and I mean the young I call him a boy. The young man. I mean he looked like he was like I don't know thirteen, fourteen, no more than fifteen years old. Did you see the same video? Yeah, I did see the same video. He did look uh kind of frightened, and he also was a uh, like fr- like he looked frightened and confused. Right and and young. <laughs> yeah, he had to at least be like eighteen, maybe like somewhere between like eighteen and twenty-one. He could have been a little younger. Um, but if the reports is true, that's a pretty disgusting, especially on um, not only I think it was Chris Paul's not only his birthday but Mother's Day in fact as well. Well, I well we know it was Mother's Day. I had no idea that it was his birthday. Yeah, he's turned thirty-seven. Uh, I, that was his birthday and Mother's Day, and apparently that fan, you know, put his hands on his mom, and uh, I guess there was speculation that he was pretty inebriated. Um, but that fan has been banned, I believe, for two years. Uh, and he's eight, he's eighteen. He's 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 an eighteen-year-old guy. He's young. Ban until 2023, yeah. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Wow. I mean, it doesn't seem that long, though, when you think about it. What, being banned two years from going to a game? I mean, 2023 is, like, I guess around Well, especially, 20. like, if you're 18 years old. But, like, you know, more, like, just more importantly, like, like I would never, I don't know about, like, I just, I, I can't fathom. And, and, and granted, I'm, I'm a different human being. Everybody's different. But, like, even so, like, I, like I've been to so many sporting events growing up. As, as a kid with my family and friends and, you know, granted, like, yeah, I mean, have I seen like dudes get in fights because, um, you know, all the time. Yeah. When, you know, especially like, you know, a Raven at a Pittsburgh Steelers stadium or a cowboy at a giant stadium, like dudes are going to fight. That's different. But never have I ever witnessed, experienced, even somebody putting their hands on on somebody's mother i i just i just i just how how do we get here and 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 this is a microcosm in regard to i think a bigger issue right like 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 fan bases are just bad these days they just they just uh, like the heckling that goes on i think it i think it, it crosses the line more times than not and don't and don't get me wrong, like you know, I lived in Baltimore. I used to be down there near the dugout. I heard the heckling for you know all the all the Oriole opponents, and you know some horrible stuff was said. I, I, I've heard some pretty bad stuff. I just feel as of late in the last year, two years, I just I feel fan fans have crossed the line in regard to throwing throwing stuff, whether it's beers, cans, bottles, whatever, at players. Things that they say, really crossing the line in regards to getting into somebody's like intimate, private situation, or or I just it's it's bad. Yeah, there's a sense of entitlement, uh, you know, amongst these fan bases that, uh, as you outlined, I, I don't think I've ever seen before. And it's funny because Charlie Barkley the other day, I don't know if you saw on TNT, he he suggested. Uh, what could be a solution for these problems? <laughs> and he said, and half jokingly, I guess, he said, how about you allow me, and he's talking about himself, to go to center court and for three minutes to, you know, go at it with one of the fans. No one's going to press charges. No one's going to get involved. It's just me versus that fan for three minutes. And, you know, obviously you say that tongue-in-cheek, but you know what amazes me, Anita? Like, these people who pay all this money to go to games and they get absolutely hammered and destroyed. Like if I'm going to a game, a team I root for, I want to be able to remember the game. I want to be able to enjoy the experience and it's the playoffs. Why would you want to be hammered, inebriated to the point where you just like have no understanding of what's happening. You have no control and you're putting your hands on someone's mother. Like that's just embarrassing. It's heinous. And, you know, as Jacob said, like, the year it doesn't even feel like it's enough to justify, like, what what happened, if it is indeed what they're saying occurred. It's, uh, and, and again, this is just, this is this is one example or one one experience that, that, that took place. Um, 
but it's 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 a bigger problem and and i and and i just i feel like i feel like it's gotten worse throughout the years in in the last two years i feel like it's just gotten worse and worse and and i you know i don't i don't i don't know i don't know what the i don't know what the resolution is i don't know what the answer is i don't know how to make it better uh i don't know how leagues and and commissioners are can, can make it better i don't know is is banning someone two years enough to make other fans in or around the country say, oh, well, I don't want to be banned two years. How about being banned for life? I, I know that sounds really extreme, I think, right? I think that would change the tune, but not only being from like, uh, like actual sporting events, but just in general from the premises. I think that has to be a thing because it, it is stretched further beyond than what you need to, you know, concerts, things like that, that you would not often expect. Um, so uh, some new developments in regard to what's going on with this, uh, 76ers heat game. So the heat are up 43 to 31 right now, by the way. Um, and there was a play underneath the basket, uh, where Joel Embiid and, and the Miami heat, uh, were, were going after, a, a rebound and the ball was, was smacked into Embiid's face and hit him in, in the exact, the eye socket, even though he had the mask on hit him in the eye socket and he went down, was rolling down, rolling around on the floor. Uh, at one point in time, it, it actually, it looked like he was crying. Uh, he was in so much pain and uh, the 76ers coaching, all their coaches got up yelling and screaming at, uh, at the refs, technical fouls were called. So the Miami heat went to the line and shot some, shot some, some free throws. So now it's 43 31 and beat is, is back into the game so, uh, so he's not out of the game, but but definitely looked looked really painful. And for a minute there, I don't know about you guys, I I, th- I thought maybe he wouldn't be coming back into the game. Did did you get that sense yeah. watching as well? He showed some toughness, and then Doc got teed up. I, I, the the officiating in the NBA playoffs have been so dreadful. Uh, so Doc gets a technical foul because he's obviously irate that he thought his his best player got hit in the face and a foul wasn't called. Now. Watching the replay, it looked like it was incidental contact, like there was no foul. But you've got to allow coaches to react and players to react. Like, I, like last night when when Giannis um, gets the dunk on Horford and stares at him, the official gives him a technical foul. Like the, to me, that's just so lame, so corny. Oh, even on the flip side of that, when Horford came back and got the dunk, they called a. Yeah, a they, technical they, foul on a him dead ball down. technical foul. Like you, I'll let these guys show emotion. Like that's part of why we enjoy sports. You know, seeing at at the highest level of competition, you be able to react as human beings should and would. Like guys should be able to celebrate. Now there is a line. You know, go too far. We don't want a you know to situation. But I mean, sometimes you just gotta let these these guys react. So not getting that technical technical foul was was unwarranted to me. Uh, but again, Joel Embiid is, is still in the game and uh, the Heat are at 46-31. Let's go to your calls. Uh, Kevin in Jersey, you're up. Welcome in. Fan Kevin, good evening. Out of yeah, getting back to the fan situation, the out-of-control fans. Right. Yeah, they you, you, you got to toughen up on these guys. You got to start tossing them right away and start sending a message. If you don't, if you're soft on these fans, they're going to continue to think they can get away. Just like anybody else, if a person gets away with something 
They're going to continue to think they can well, get away. They got tough enough. Well, Kevin, let me let me ask you because you know what's what's being reported is that this van now has been banned for two years. Do you think do you think that's that's enough to, you know, to, to make a fan not misbehave? I, I should I mean is is banning somebody is banning somebody for life? You know, I, I mean, listen, you, you you count cards in a casino, you're banned for life. You you can't you can't walk into a casino if you count cards. Shouldn't it be like if you put your hands on a player's mother, you're banned for life. You can't come back to the arena. Well, Sounds think, fair to me. Well, I think they should have uh, filed a complaint against that kid. I don't care who it is. I don't care if you're 18, 19, 20, whatever. You're young. You make dumb mistakes. You get in trouble. Hey, so be it. But I think I think they should have filed a complaint against that kid and, and raised the ante on that kid. Didn't, didn't people start to understand, no, you can't do this stuff. You know, and what have you. even complaints against some of the uh, bashing and some of the slurs, the racial slurs and stuff like that. I think it should be raised to levels where people understand. Now, we can't do that. We can't do that. That's out of control. Kevin, appreciate your phone call. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. This is Click, 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 or Don't. Very simply, here's the headline. Are you interested in clicking or not? That's right. It's time for Click or Don't Click, a fun way we take our tour around our wide, wide world of sport and find out what is trending based on the headlines that I'm sure um, editors want to grab us. So our producers lead the way. And of course, that's Ty and Jacob tonight. Gentlemen, what we got? All right, Anita, you teased it. Big news coming out of football today. And that is uh, the New York Post is reporting that Brady has agreed to a 10-year, $375 million contract, uh, the most lucrative in sports broadcasting history, mm-hmm. to, uh, once he's retired, become the uh, lead analyst for Fox Sports. According to Roster Management System, Brady has earned $302 million plus in his career, the three-time NFL MVP is scheduled to make another $15 million this coming season, bringing his 23-year career earnings to $317 million uh, through this coming season. So once he retires, whenever that uh, comes to be, he will have a 10-year contract, uh, $375 million waiting for him with Fox Sports. Yeah, it's it's really it's, – it's unbelievable um... – a few things here. Number one, like this wasn't something that like Brady reported. Apparently Fox had their stockholder meeting today. And one of the Murdoch's, uh, this was, this was presented to like their, their, their stockholders. And so that's how this got out. It wasn't like Fox had like this big press conference and, and, and not that, not that it's a big deal, it's out. However, and Brady had to, of course, retweet that news and say, but there's still business, you know, to be complete in Tampa. Hashtag, you know, LFG. Okay. Um, to me, to me, it screams this is his last year, first and foremost. Like, it's just, to me, it screams this is his last year. And, um, you know, I, I just, it was just a few months ago and and I don't know why this news wasn't more front and center or like Adam Schefter or any of those who break news for us here at ESPN 
didn't grab it and run with it. Like, you know, we were, we're just a few months away of Tom Brady, A, retiring, B, trying to buy a, a share of the Miami Dolphins, trying to lure Sean Payton down to Miami to be the head coach, and then him come out of retirement to quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Like, like you know, th- he was trying to engineer that just three, four months ago. And then... And then now this, I just the the whole the whole thing is is just the time the the timeline of everything is bizarre to me. Don't don't you think this is like we we didn't hear about Drew Brees until maybe I don't know like the last two months of the season, right? Like. This this is this is a full this is a full year plus that we're hearing that this is going to be the game plan for Tom Brady at Fox. D- don't you think this is kind of odd? Yeah, the timing is a little odd, but I, I would tend to agree with you. Chris Canty also said that on his uh, afternoon show early that this kind of intimates this is the one last hoorah for Brady. Um, he reti- that this year, that this year, we could we yeah. could just assume that this is his last year, and and fine. But you know, again, I I mean, I, we're we're just a few months past him trying to engineer this coup to take over the Miami Dolphins, and then oh, all of a sudden now now Fox is your future. I, just it's it's why it's it's wild to me. It really is. But how about you lose Troy Aikman and? You, you gained Tom Brady at some point. Troy, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck coming here to, to ESPN. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, did you read this? That they are going to host the Manning. Well, Joe Buck is yeah. going to host the Manning cast for the, the PGA, PGA Championship. Championship. Yeah, yeah they got yeah. A, a couple guests lined up as well. That should uh, be dope. Saquon. So. Yeah, Saquon, I did see he was one of the guests as well. So. Oh, really? Saquon's going on? Yeah, yeah. he's going to be one of the guests. So, so again, we, we have a, a, a great tournament that's taking place here. It starts on Thursday at Upper Montclair Country Club, the Cognizant Founders Cup. Uh, we actually have a, a, an LPGA golfer who's going to be joining us on the show in less than, than 20 minutes, 25 minutes to break it down and do a little preview for us. But um, Saquon plays a lot out there at Upper Montclair Country Club. I mean, I mean, a lot of the players do because it's in Clifton. It's a stone's throw. Uh, from of course the facility, and I'm sure where a lot of these guys live. But um, but Saquon plays out there all the time, so uh, he's been from, from what I understand, he's been playing a lot of golf lately. Uh, yeah. So next up, just wanted to update you on the action here locally in baseball. Uh, the Yankees right now being no hit by the Blue Jays. It's the bottom of the sixth inning. DJ Lemayhew's now up at the plate. Uh, but the Yankees yet to record a hit here tonight. They trail Toronto three to nothing. Luis Severino started the game. He went four and two thirds innings, gave up those three runs, but did strike out eight. Yankees came into this game after seven uh, against the Blue Jays, four and three in their meetups, but so far trailing in this game. And so the the, the starting pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays and. Uh, and excuse me if I'm pronouncing this improperly, but is it is it Kikuchi? I believe is that so. right. I believe K- so. Kikuchi. I don't want to. So, co- so so coming in, um, 
I, I mean, he's, he, he's been having like a horrible season so far. So um, I, I want to call up his stats. While I do that, what else What else do you guys have that's, that's going on that's trending? Um, I actually have his uh, stats here. Yeah, he's uh, got a 4.35 ERA. Exactly. So far, he's got a negative war. But, but somehow this uh, high-powered Yankee offense hasn't been able to figure him out. DJ LeMahieu now breaks up the no-hitter, uh, hits one to the wall and left. So he's going to end up go. on second so, base. Maybe so you, 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 you pulled the Bart Scott, dude. There you, that's go. what you did. You yeah, just pulled the Bart Scott. That's, that's what we like to do as Yankee fans. You want to you do the old reverse jinx, a jinx that actually works in your favor. So hopefully they could get something going here. So DJ leadoff double in the top of the sixth inning. Yankees trailing 3 nothing. Meanwhile, uh, in Washington, our nation's capital, the Mets once trailing two nothing, now up three two, thanks to a Jeff McNeil two run double, and then the James McCann sacrifice fly. So it's the top of the seventh inning in Washington. The Mets are up three to two, and they they've been fantastic this season. Anita, it's not just that they have the best record in the National League. It's not just that they are six games clear of the next best team in their division, but it's. They're they're the only team in the NL East that's above 500. That that's amazing. Uh, I know Met fans might not want to hear this because they've been hurt before and left at the altar, but it just feels like this division race can be over before it even gets started. They're up six games. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Next best team, the Braves, they're two games under. Then the Marlins are three games under. And tied with the Phillies, who are three games under. And now they're in Washington against uh, the Nationals, who are 10 games under. So these teams can't even get to 500, and the Mets are just kind of running away with this thing. I know we got some news earlier that uh, Jacob deGrom, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's going to be placed on the 60-day IL. I believe we actually have audio of Buck Showalter, you know, with the latest on Jacob deGrom. Here he is. Well, you know, I'm going to stay out of the doctor and trainer business, but he's where he's supposed to be. I'm not going to say ahead or behind, but they like the way he's progressing. But, you know, I get an update on Reed Foley and all our guys. Uh, Trevor, I'm going to start calling some of them as we get into it. So, uh, Jacob DeGraw moved to the 60-day IL, but, you know, n- no real timetable for his return. You know, Buck says he's going to leave it to the doctors. Um doesn't really know how he's progressing, but it, it, it sounds like he's getting better. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I I said this when we opened up the show because that news had broken at six thirty, and and we hit air at seven o'clock, and that is, there's what's the rush right now? You yeah. know, I mean, what's the rush? You're right. You know, six game lead in their division. Um, you know, every everybody's contributing, uh, especially in that rotation. What's the rush at the end of the day? The, the ultimate goal, obviously, is to win. A World Series, you're gonna need Jacob Degrom in the rotation to do it. And if 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 you keep a bo- if you keep continue to win at this pace, marinating that for a minute, the fact that the Mets have won every series, every series so far, and that's really at the end of the day, that's all you really need to do mm-hmm. uh, to try to, to to win your division. Um, 
and uh, and and so to me, there there is no rush. Yeah, you no know, rush. I, I don't I don't think I don't think Mets fans should panic because he's gone from the ten to the sixty. They have the third best run differential in all of baseball. They have the fifth best. Uh, team ERA, despite not having who many would argue is the best pitcher in baseball in Jacob DeGrom. So no real sense of urgency as it comes to him rushing to return because the team has been holding it down. Now, uh, as far as pursuing a title, uh, a championship, you're going to need him because you're going to need that two-headed monster with, with Scherzer and DeGrom uh, to compete in the National League and, and hopefully get to the World Series where you're going to wait for whoever comes out of the American League. You're going to need to be a, as healthy, especially in your rotation. But right now, if you're a Met fan, I would just enjoy it while you can. Because how about this, Anita? We're on our third president since the, the Mets last won not just a playoff series, but a playoff game. They haven't won a playoff game since 2015. That, that's a long time ago. Let me ask you this is and and you know you you're on the record we know that you're a huge Yankee fan so if you can if you can manage to take that Yankee hat off for a second based on what you've seen from these two teams so far this season uh do you feel that that one is better than the other and in, in in which one is that which team is do you feel is better than the other I don't think that I I don't know if you can definitively say which team is better than the other. I mean, they're both doing really well. They're the two best teams in baseball right now. Uh, you know, pitching has has been the story for both teams. Uh, I would say that the Mets might have a better offense right now. The Yankees have been struggling, but they're they're pretty evenly matched. But I will say though is that the the, the fan base that should be most excited right now, uh, if there is such a thing as as measuring who should be more excited, it has to be the Met fan. Because, you know, as I mentioned, we've seen the Yankees dominate in regular seasons. The issue here is that they can't, you know, get to the playoffs and put together a run, you know, worthy of getting to the World Series and actually making some noise. Whereas the Mets haven't been to the playoffs since 2016. Think about this, Anita. Like, we talk about how bad the Giants have been, right? Uh, The last time they've been to the playoffs, that was uh, the Lambeau Field game. That was, you know, the the, the boat trip game. That feels like a long time ago, right? Mm, That's mm, also mm. the the last time the Mets been to the playoffs. So that's how long it's been for them as well. Uh, So if you're a Mets fan, you have no choice but to be excited. How crazy! How crazy is it that we still call that the boat trip game? <laughs> that's what happened that week. They were on <laughs> Justin Bieber. We still call that with the Tims. We still call that the boat trip game. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, Delft listen. I, I guess I, I just I posed. I, I threw that question out to you because I, I don't. I really. I, I can't honestly say. Oh, the Yankees are better because of the, or the Mets are better. You know, they're to me. I, I just I feel that they're equally as good. They yeah. obviously, you know, they're they're winning for a variety of reasons. Some better in certain categories than others. You know, especially you know, obviously the Yankees bullpen. Um, Outstanding. The, the 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 Mets bats. I, I just to to me, I, I don't I, I don't think one team is head and shoulders over another. Um, I mean, we'll see, we'll, we'll see what happens. I know it's a small sample size. It's early in the season. We'll see how the season progresses for both of them. But as of right now, I look at both of them and I, and I, I think I, I see them equally as good. Yeah. And then, you know, the Mets, I guess you could say, uh, as far as the thrill factor, they've had, you know, multiple games this year where they've had like some come from behind, just sensational wins, you know, the trailing the, the Phillies, what was it? Seven to one. Like the the probability of winning that type of uh, that p- type of a game 
uh, not that high, minuscule, and they found a way to come back and do it. They had the Cardinals game where they were, you know, down to their final out. So, you know, they had the combined no-hitter. So it's been a couple of, like, really spectacular wins for the Mets. And, again, like I said, you know, being that far removed from your last playoff appearance looks like you're headed back there. Whereas the Yankee fan, uh, always going to find something to complain about because you didn't like the team coming in. And, yeah, they're performing well. But once we get to October, you just you just worry about if the same issues of the past are going to resurface. So that's the case with the Yankees. Uh, another football note, Anita. I saw this come down earlier. The Broncos and the Rams are going to meet on Christmas Day. The NFL mm-hmm. announced Tuesday that the Week 16 uh, Christmas Day festivities will kick off at 4.30 uh, Eastern on CBS and Nickelodeon. It'll be the second game of the Christmas triple header that was announced by the NFL last month. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. You know, it's 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 really going to be interesting this football season uh, trying to find where all these games are going to be, right? Because, you know, obviously you you watch football on ESPN um, slash ABC, right? Monday night. Uh, then you, you, you can also find it on NBC, and that's Sunday night. Now you're going to find it on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime now is the home for Thursday night. Yep. And now this game is going to be played on Nickelodeon. Yeah. I, I mean, they're going to be they're they're going to be all over the place, um, which is which is really really going to be interesting. So again, uh, on Thursday night is a really really. Uh, before I, I move on to that, a- anything else in regard to trending, or is that it for for right now? I uh, just want one more thing. You mentioned this earlier in the show, but worth reiterating: the Grizzlies say John Morant is doubtful for mm-hmm. the remainder of the playoffs after an MRI revealed a bone bruise on his right knee. So terrible news for the Grizzlies who are already up against it right now, uh, down 3-1 to the Warriors. Uh, We're looking at the TV, and it looks like Giancarlo Stanton just tied the game at Yankee Stadium. Wow. Three-run shot to right field, uh, got just inside the, the, the foul pole, and we now have a brand new ball game in the Bronx. 3-3 Yankees and Jays. That is the seventh home run of the season for Stanton. 335 feet to right field. Uh, what a blast. What a what a hit for John Carlo. Yankees and Jays now tied. Look at that. And and just, you know, in 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 a New York minute, no pun intended. Um, now you've got the Yankees and Blue Jays all tied up. And as well, you've got the Mets up one run against the Nationals 3-2. Uh, but as as I was saying, and thank you very much, uh, appreciate that. That's what's trending right now at 9.19 p.m. here on this Tuesday night. Uh, but before we go to break, just a reminder, the NFL schedule release is going to be happening on Thursday. I had Jordan Renan on the show a little bit earlier, and he talked about it. You know, there, there's going to be a few games um, that, you know, uh, are going to be reported, leaked, 
quote unquote, wink, wink uh, on, on Thursday, but really excited about it. Big Thursday night schedule release. ESPN is doing a ton of shows. I'm going to be a part of a show where we're going to be talking gambling as well as fantasy football on ESPN two and ESPN plus with Matthew Barry and field Yates and Stefania bell and, and our, our entire crew from daily wager and our gambling um, department. So really excited about Thursday night. It's going to be a big night. Uh, and we'll be all over it here on 98.7 ESPN.